I just played the biggest show of my career. And then I was like, okay, bye guys, and like clicked end stream. And then I was just sitting here in my room with all these balloons and flowers wearing mild boots. I've never felt the same way getting off of a stream as I've felt getting off the stage. This is season two of From the Embers, Phoenix. I'm Sarah Mashman. As bushfires continued to burn around Australia and smoke smothered many of our capital cities, news of a highly contagious virus entered the national conversation. I just remembered the overwhelming feeling, like, oh man, I feel really nervous about being here. I looked at my plans for the next year and a half and I went, well, that's not happening. Most Australians remember the uncertain months before COVID-19 as yellow skies, the sun tinged with smoke. But as the virus spread, one city locked down again and again. Melbourne, or Nam, in Boonwurrung and Woiwurrung local language. The city is hailed as the arts capital of the nation, inviting creatives into its theatres, galleries and pubs. I distinctly remember the moment I fell in love with music. I was three or four years old and my brother, who was a teenager at the time of my birth, was cranking all of the great music that came out in the 90s. And I decided that it was important that I start playing drums on the biscuit tins that we had in the house. Brenton Harris moved on from the biscuit tins. He became a music journalist and lead singer of Melbourne punk rock band Catholic Guilt. Everything that you could ever want in a city exists in this city. If you're into comedy, there's an incredible underground comedy scene. It's one of the best live music cities in the entire planet with the most frequent event-going populace as well. It's just what you do in Melbourne. There was a time pre-COVID where I would literally be going to a different gig or comedy thing or theatre performance every single night or multiple in a day sometimes. Cities like Melbourne don't exist by accident. They exist because people have invested in ensuring that artists are supported, that local bars are supported, that small business is supported. I was exposed to so much amazing live music. Eilish Gilligan is a musician, songwriter, producer and content creator living in Melbourne. The Melbourne music community in particular is so special. It's such a beautiful diverse, expansive world. And there's truly something for everybody in Melbourne music. When I did local gigs, like the Evelyn Hotel in Melbourne in particular, was just the best place for me to meet the rest of the Melbourne music community. I think I really took it for granted when I was young that I could just go to Brunswick Street and pop my head in at, you know, the Ev or the Workers' Club or like Old Bar. So many beautiful little venues that are really championing local music and every single genre you can think of is being played along Brunswick Street at like any given time. I moved down to the city um, around the Fitzroy and Collingwood areas particularly. I've always felt really at home there and it was definitely, you know, that energy and that space that I think really led to some of the creative energy and spirit in some of my work. My name is Neil Morris. I am based on Yorta Yorta country. I am a Yorta Yorta person. I'm also a Jaja Orang, Nulamorang, Wiradjuri, and have connections to many other parts of country. Neil has roots in both regional Victoria and Melbourne. 
one of the reasons I originally moved to Melbourne and to go to uni was pursuit of creative endeavours through poetry and music as well. Neil, also known by his solo project Dreaming Now, grew up creating music with his brothers and cousins. Hip-hop was central in my upbringing. It wasn't necessarily the first music that I ever heard, but I, I did get exposed to it quite early on in my upbringing and obviously music is a very cultural thing. So for us, living on our own country as traditional custodians, participating in music, I guess, when I look back on that, we were practising culture. We just didn't know how deep it was at the levels of what we were doing it. And I remember us like sitting sprawled around on couches and, you know, on the ground, all just there together and just like that energy of, of connectedness. I feel very strongly that it's still with me and it's still in the work that I create today. Eilish was teaching music at the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology as COVID-19 arrived in Australia. I remember very specifically the last in-person class that I taught because I was really worried about COVID and everyone was really worried about it and we were just waiting for the university to kind of tell us, oh, it's, you know, it's at-home learning, but they hadn't said anything yet, so it was just really stressful. And I don't think I've been relaxed since. (laughs) When I look back on my day-to-day as a working musician in my 20s, in 2019, I was touring, I was on the radio, I was doing XYZ, making plans for overseas trips, blah, blah, blah. National Radio News. Good morning, I'm Laura DeVoy. The Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade says Australians abroad should return home as soon as possible as more countries move to seal their borders. Australian states and territories are setting up dedicated fever clinics to assess and treat people who think they may have coronavirus. Across the country, there have been more than 75 confirmed cases of coronavirus, with three new cases in Victoria, taking that state's total to 15. And then the pandemic happened and pretty much everything changed. People will no longer be able to dine and socialise at cafes, restaurants and bars under new government measures to combat the spread of the coronavirus. The Prime Minister said people are not taking the crisis seriously enough and large-scale social distancing is now critical. By March 16, Victoria entered a state of emergency in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. By the 25th, non-essential businesses were closed, forcing venues and the people who frequented them into limbo. Neil was prepping for an upcoming gig. And I recall vividly the week that it got announced and events started to be cancelled. And we thought it might just be a few weeks lockdown and then we'd be back to normal Yeah, it was a very eerie moment, not really knowing that this would be one of the last gigs that I would do for the next couple of years. On March 30, 2020, stay-at-home orders were introduced in Victoria. You could leave home to shop for essentials, to give or receive medical care, exercise for two hours and go to work if you couldn't do this from home. Melburnians would live in lockdown for months to come and the arts industry was put on hold. I wake up and I deliberately go for a walk or a ride and then come back and then I can be productive. Took me a while to work that out. (laughs) I'm like, all right, wake up at 6.30 every day. 
do this, journal, like write a new song, like get a new idea down every day. And if you don't, you're worthless. Like <laughs> you are garbage. I still need to leave the house and then come back to the house. And that's the start of the workday because I'm used to going to an office. It is something that I kind of cling to as like a routine that helps me feel like I've achieved lots of things for the day. Made a lot of music, made a ton of music. You know, music's always been that for me. I am a person that appreciates my solitude. With the first cases of coronavirus in so-called Australia, I was just looking to write it out initially, but then it came to a point after, you know, not doing a gig for a while and not attending any gigs and just being in that room where you look at the stage and you see the performers and you look around at other people and you see the glow in people's faces. Yeah, I really missed that after a few months of the pandemic and realised probably as much as ever how transformational that, that really can be and has been for humanity since forevermore. You know, like for me, that's like it's such a sacred thing that was no longer in people's day-to-day uh, lives, uh, let alone, you know, the magic of just day-to-day human interactions. It wasn't until August in 2020 when I eventually decided that I was going to relinquish my apartment in the city and just move back altogether on country. It was beyond a, a sigh of relief when I got back to country. You know, my level of homesickness I felt sick from from being off country for so long. And I'm grateful for the opportunities that I had as a guest down on, you know, Wurundjeri and Bunurong country. Those experiences that I got were because Melbourne is an epicentre for the arts. So, yeah, it's a double-edged sword. When I walk out on country, I feel connected to the whole universe and... I feel that I am where I'm supposed to be. I feel at home, I feel nourished, I feel supported, and I feel more human than I feel anywhere else in the world. My name is Virginia Gay. I live in a suitcase, but I currently live in Melbourne, and I am an actor and a writer and a director. In early 2020, Virginia was living in LA. I went to LA to audition and to see what that was like. I think it's fair to say LA is an incredibly lonely place. When I decided to come back, we were the only country in the world that was able to do live performance. Virginia was writing an adaption of Cyrano de Bergerac. It was due to be performed at the Melbourne Theatre Company in 2021. So I pitched two shows thinking, oh, this thing will be over real quick and we'll come back and do them. We can have it as a big celebration of like us coming back to theatre and and then I sat down to write them. There's nothing else I like doing more in the world other than performing in front of people than watching other people perform and absorbing the unique energy that is people participating in live performance of some kind. That's probably the thing that had the biggest detrimental impact psychologically for me through this period. A lot of my connections and things that I considered to be the core of my identity were removed by not having those spaces to go to and those places to be involved in. The pandemic brought Melbourne's arts and entertainment industry to a standstill. 
As people stayed home and venues closed their doors, artists and punters logged online to stay connected. Members of Brenton's band Catholic Guild were spread out across the city, which made playing together a logistical nightmare. Unless you can be in the same room and there's more than two of you, you can't do it because the lag time is enough to throw the drumming out with the rest of the music or is enough to throw the vocalist off because like, they're hearing the guitar a second late or the unpredictability of Australia's internet connectivity really made that an impossibility for a lot of acts. So the one live stream we did was good, <laughs> but we're a band. We don't want to be just me sitting there playing our songs poorly on an acoustic guitar singing. That's not the experience. Welcome, welcome. Let me, oh my god. Eilish started performing on Twitch, an online streaming Hold platform. Songs that you know, I'm gonna play them and they're gonna. On Twitch, she created her own community where she could share her music. So grab a drink, settle in, have a dance, have a bit of a vibe. Um, I had that ambitious urge to continue to grow my audience at a grassroots level in a time where there was no touring. And the music that I was making at the time was not getting a huge amount of radio play. So I was kind of like, well, okay, in this situation, the way I would normally grow my fan base is by doing live shows, but I can't do that right now. So I'll just try something new. A lot of my streams are literally just like chatting and hanging out with my community. So we'll like watch funny videos. We'll talk about the music industry. We'll talk about heaps of things. Like it's really a community and it pays. I make money from it, which is really important at the moment because of unreliable touring. I find it incredibly rewarding, but I will be the first to say that it's not for everybody. Live streaming on Twitch will not replace live gigs. It is not the same. One of them is playing some songs to an internet audience from the comfort of your own home studio or bedroom and replying to text chat messages as they come through. Another is live performance in a pub. Like, it's just completely different. I need outside stimulus because they're the things that inspire the creativity, for me, anyway. A smell that I attribute to an experience I had with that person. A song that I hear out in public that soundtracked a moment of my life with that human being. On the 28th of October, 2020, Melbourne's 112-day lockdown came to an end. Some restrictions and social distancing measures began to ease, and the pending summer brought a sense of relief. Eilish booked a gig at the Corner Hotel. It's an iconic Melbourne venue that's been hosting live music since the 1940s. So the Corner show was seated. It was actually perfect because it was a more intimate evening anyway. Seated gigs became a feature of the industry. Mandated by the government in an effort to reduce movement and slow virus transmission. I remember there was like a couple of cases that week and then masks were like reinstated for the show. I wanted everyone to wear masks at the show anyway. So honestly, I have such positive, beautiful memories of that show. Catholic Guild had booked a seated gig for December 2020 when... Out of nowhere had the first stand-up gig in Melbourne in nearly a year. And so when we go on stage for the opening riff of our first song we play, people's eyes light up as if, holy crap, we're allowed to move. We're allowed to do things. This is happening. Like, I couldn't believe I got to stand in there. <laughs> and 
be in a room with other people playing music live in front of other human beings. Like, I couldn't believe that that was back. But as we moved into 2021, moments of hope were overshadowed by virus variants as turbulent snap lockdowns took their toll. Victoria has started its third coronavirus lockdown today while reporting just one new locally acquired case. Lockdowns and extended quarantines really challenged people to be okay with spending time alone. All Australian jurisdictions have either slammed shut their borders or have border restrictions in place. We started rehearsal, then Delta appeared in the middle of the rehearsal process. Victorians are waking up to their fifth COVID-19-induced lockdown after the virus spread across the border from New South Wales. And we had a snap lockdown, which lost us 13 days. Brenton's band Catholic Guilt had been postponing the launch of their debut EP. But in July 2021, they booked a gig to celebrate their new music. I love what I do for a living. I love talking to musicians and I love talking to artists. But none of that compares to the actual feeling of standing on stage and doing the one thing you love the most. As soon as we hit the first note for the first song, you're like, oh, wow. Like, this is what we do. You can just see the light turn on in everyone's eyes. We were there with them. And it looked like every person in the crowd had realised that the teacher had left the room, right? At the same time. And that's the moment where it felt like, oh my God, this is back. The most deflating point though of the entire pandemic came immediately after that. Because everyone got out, they started planning festivals, they started booking flights. We all started to be like, I can come out and I can touch people again and hug again and we all risked pain and the constant threat of death. I mean, you can't get stakes higher than that. After months of rehearsals over Zoom and in the theatre, it was opening night of Cyrano at the Melbourne Theatre Company. So we had the reviewers lined up and we were doing the final tweaks on stage. That same afternoon, Melbourne Premier Daniel Andrews held a press conference. And I will never, ever, ever forget the look on Robin Goldsworthy's face one of the actors in the show, and he picked up his phone and he went just white, just white. And I was like, what? What?" And he just started shaking his head like he couldn't even find the words to tell us. And, of course, that was the lockdown that started at 8pm and our show would have opened at 7.30. Victorians were caught off guard all over again as lockdown six commenced with hours' notice. That's the point where the music industry actually broke. It's that second time, and then the third time, then the fourth time, then the fifth time. Case numbers from new virus variants surged as the city scrambled to regain control. I had a gig at the National Gallery of Victoria. Like, I finally let myself believe that this gig was going to happen. And I was like, right, I'm going out to buy myself a new outfit for the gig. Between me leaving the clothes shop and arriving at my house, which was maybe like a 40 minute drive, like no warning whatsoever, the gig was canceled. I know a lot of industry people who are suffering from all levels of burnout. 
The overall vibe is that everyone is very tired and a bit sensitive, which honestly, fair, <laughs> in my opinion. I do remember thinking for a very long time, well, it'll just be another three or four days and then we'll be on again. But what was meant to be a snap lockdown would last 78 days. And so the lockdown just stretched and stretched and stretched until our entire space in the theatre was gone. We lost actors to other jobs which were going ahead in, like, Western Australia. So we were like, go, go, take the work while you can. The whole season had disappeared from us. So a very, very strange feeling of sitting on all this potential, and then this continued for for ages, sitting on all this potential to help a community feel more connected and knowing that it had the capacity to do extraordinary work in the world to make people feel alive and hopeful again just when people needed it most but without the ability to deliver that story. It's a very, very strange feeling. Virginia knew that was it. Theatre companies plan their seasons well in advance. But then she got a call. The Melbourne Theatre Company had somehow made space for her production of Cyrano in the 2022 season. And that was when I was a puddle of tears for several hours because that gesture of hope and belief and kindness in the face of such great loss and community coming together to support an outsider. During lockdown, to an audience of a thousand people, Eilish launched a new single online. She ordered colourful decorations, fresh flowers, and sat down in front of her camera. And I had like balloons and stuff, and I played the set, and then I was like, okay, bye guys, and like clicked end stream. And then I was just sitting there in my room with all these balloons and flowers, and I was just like, what am I doing? Like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Just played the biggest show, quote unquote, of my career to over a thousand people. And I'm just sitting here in my room wearing mild boots. I've never felt the same way getting off of a stream as I've felt getting off the stage. As Victorians reached their vaccination targets, lockdown six came to an end and there was renewed hope on the horizon. Live performance, particularly in Melbourne, is its own special thing. And I think one of the most satisfying things that I noticed at my last headline show was that a lot of my Twitch community came to the show, the live show. And I think that was a really, really exciting moment for me because the whole Twitch thing honestly was an experiment. But to learn that it did translate in that people that had purely discovered me through Twitch who happened to live in Melbourne, bought tickets to my show to support me and see me play live. Literally the most important part of the craft is performing live. You make records these days so that people will come to your show. You do not make records to make money. Without the shows, the part where you make a living doesn't exist. And I don't see how that can be considered anything other than essential. Since the initial announcement of lockdowns in March 2020 and throughout the pandemic, Major sporting events continued around the country. But the arts and entertainment sectors have suffered. Venues have closed their doors. Artists have struggled socially and financially. In order for people to be able to survive and exist, we just need what we do to be seen as essential to our ability to make a living. And that seems to be the point of disconnect. Like, well, if professional sports people can't play sport, they can't make money and no one around them can make money. 
In Australia, the arts and music industry prior to COVID was thriving. According to a report by Live Performance Australia released a few years before the pandemic, per capita, attendance of music events outstripped combined attendances at the AFL, NRL, soccer, cricket and super rugby. I love sport. I'm a Melbourneian. love the footy. I like the fact the Australian Open exists. Like, I like going down to the tennis and enjoying, like, the carnival that is people from different countries supporting their, their tennis players. But I also really, really love that with music. And I don't see a difference between the two things. I don't see how it makes sense for the Australian Open to be able to happen and have that many people around each other. They do breathe on each other. They do drink beers together, they do mingle, they do dance, they do jump up and down, they do make movements that resemble what I would consider moshing. But that's the thing that would really help people, is being treated like we're an industry that matters, and it is an industry that matters. Well, Melbourne is a city that is built on tiny bars that you only know about because somebody's just taken your hand and dragged you into. We're losing venues because they have survived this long just clinging on and there isn't enough government support to keep these venues alive. These venues are where the next generation cut their teeth and try things and where the next innovation is. I want people to remember how incredible it is to see live performance of any type. I want people to remember the special alchemy that that is, that it's greater than the sum of its parts. We've tried to find solutions, but still there is a magic in live performance that cannot be replicated anywhere else. And there's a reason that it has survived and there are theatres going back thousands of years. I want people to remember that and to be hungry for that. Take a risk on people you haven't seen. Go to Fringe Theatre. Go to your local pub on the band night. Buy drinks, sit and talk with people. Stay hungry and turn up. And to see people start to do things like go crowd surfing and seeing the elation on people's faces and just having a blast. Incredible. Like a bunch of dudes just sitting down rowing for no apparent reason, like in the pit, just like spontaneous human behavior like that. And seeing people pick each other up and support each other and helping anyone that got injured like out of the pit and seeing all that come to life. And that's the moment where it felt like this is back. Season 2 Phoenix is supported by the Judith Nielsen Institute for Journalism and Ideas, the Paul Ramsey Foundation, Monash University's Fire to Flourish program and the Mindaroo Foundation Fire and Flood Resilience Initiative and broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Our guests were Virginia Gay, Eilish Gilligan, Brenton Harris and Neil Morris. A special thanks to Charlie Vasigi, Purse Waxman and Damo Peck. The producer was Erin Dick. Engineering by Tegan Nichols. Theme music by Oliver Beard. The production management team was Abe Killian and Shima Konechevich. And the executive producer was Sarah Mashman. This podcast was made on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the lands of the Muinina people from country around Nipaluna. These lands were never ceded. <laughs>